In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended thee, and justly deserved thy temporal and eternal punishment. 
but I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant to the Word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Vindicate me, O oh, oh God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man deliver me, for you are the God in whom I take refuge. Send out your light and your truth, let them let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre, O oh God my God. I'm cast out of my soul, why are you in salvation and my God. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Redemption's flow, where he by whom our flesh was made, our in his flesh has made. The Lord be with you. Let 
let us pray. Almighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people, that we may be governed and preserved evermore in body and soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for Utica, the fifth Sunday in Lent, is from Genesis chapter 22, beginning at the first verse. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together, and Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father, he said, Here am I, my son. He said, The fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here am I. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his thorn. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. You delivered me from my enemies. You rescued me from the man of violence. The epistle is from Hebrews chapter 9 beginning at the 11th verse. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the sprinkling of defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a heifer sanctifies for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say, Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon, they made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He has cut the cords of the wicked. The Holy Gospel is written in the 8th chapter of St. John, beginning at the 42nd verse. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here, Lord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father. The devil is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You do not believe me. Which, if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, right in saying that you are a Samaritan and a demon? 
Jesus answered, I do not have a demon. I honor my father and you dishonor me. I seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it. He is the judge. Truly, truly, I say, keeps my word. He will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Did the prophets, yet you say, if anyone keeps mace death, are you greater than the prophets who died? Why do you make yourself out to be? Answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him like you, but I do know him and I keep his word. Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, years old, have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. This of the Lord. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, heaven and earth, and of all things, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were for us men and for our salvation, down from heaven, and was incarnate the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver seated from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is glorified prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So if I seek my own glory, it is nothing. It is nothing. Thanks to the to Hollywood, the exploits of a man by the name of Frank Duke, D-U-X, will live on as long as people enjoy action movies. Duke drew national attention when the movie Bloodsport, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, was released in 1988. Maybe some of you have seen it. It was advertised as the true story of Duke's life. It followed his training under the Japanese master warrior, Tiger Tanaka, and Duke's ultimate triumph in martial arts. He claimed to be the first non-Japanese martial artist to be awarded the title Shidoshi, which was uh, means the top of that form of martial art. I don't know. I don't know it, but evidently he claimed that. And he also claimed that as a lance corporal of the United States Marine Corps, that he was one of the most decorated, although unsung heroes of the conflict in Southeast Asia that we call the Vietnam conflict, the Vietnam War, which was actually a series of various things. He claimed that after he had enlisted in the Marine Corps in 1975, that he became part of a special operations group, one of only a few survivors of a horrific mission where he fought his way back to Thailand after receiving a bayonet wound to the stomach and shrapnel in his back. Duke claimed that he received for his exploits and for his, his uh, patri patriotic service, the Navy Cross, the Distinguished Service Cross, the Silver Star, the Bronze Star, the Navy Marine Corps Medal, the Purple Heart, and why not, a secret Congressional Medal of Honor. Impressive, glorious. But the LA Times began to question Duke's exploits after the release of the movie Bloodsport. They began to check into his martial arts exploits, and they began to find that a lot of his awards and a lot of his victorious tournaments really just didn't check out. They, didn't, they had never happened. And then they began to uh, look at his service record, which is a public record, by the way, and it showed no valorous decorations. And in fact, he never ever left the CONUS, the Continental United States, for overseas service, nor did he graduate from any of the military schools that are, that are mandatory to even be considered for what's, what we call a clandestine operation. In other words, it was all just a lie. It was all a lie just to glorify himself. And that's what Jesus is talking about in today's gospel lesson. Lies that glorify ourselves, right? He says, if, I, if, I, if I glo my glory is all about me, it's nothing. It's no glory, right? In the Bible, the word 
for this that Jesus uses when he speaks, he uses the word liar. He calls the, the, the Jews who question him, he calls them liars. And he calls the devil a liar and the father of lies. Now, what is a liar? Well, the, the Greek word is, is, is sutes, is sutes. And a sutes is one who tells a falsehood, but, but there's so much more there, right? Because you see, in, in John 8, 44 and 55, part of today's gospel lesson, there, there's more than just somebody telling a falsehood. There's the underlying concept of the word liar, which, which has so much more attached to it. For in the, in the scriptures, lying is not just the opposite of truth. It, it carries with it the sense both of untruth as non-being and untruth as error, right? So that when you tell a lie, you're actually like un unraveling the very, the, the very fabric of creation itself because God is a God of truth. And so his, his creation and all the, all the institutions that he creates are all based on truth. And so if truth is subverted, those things also begin to begin to die. So lying is not only ethically, ethically wrong in virtue of the undermining of the divinely protected order of the world, but it also is an attack against the very creation itself. And, and the worst lie the scriptures would say is perjury because it's through perjury that a, that a person is denied their life and their property. And next, the most terrible thing we could do to each other is slander each other because then we deprive the victim of their dignity and their honor. And there is no gospel of the four main gospel of the four gospels. There's no gospel where truth and lying is more is more distastefully underlined, lying and truth more, more, more underlined is good and, and lying more distastefully underlined is evil than in the Gospel of John. Jo John is, is really the Gospel that stresses truth the most severely, the most, the, the puts the most stress on it. Not that the others don't, but John, that's one of his major themes. Because in John, he, he identifies in our Gospel lesson this morning that falsehood or lies not only are a thing, but they also are a person, right? He says to, the, to his opponents, you are of your father, the devil, for he, his deeds you do. He was a liar from the beginning. And he says the same thing of them. They are liars, like the devil, their father, right? That, and he connects lying and murdering. The two are in, that you can't disconnect the two. They're two sides of the same thing, just as truth and life are two sides of the same thing. That the devil and God have their children and one contests for truth and the other contests against the truth. One is, is doing things which lead to life and the other do things which leads to death. And that these two are incompatible with the other. Liars are incompatible with the kingdom of Christ, which Jesus makes very clear in John 14, 6, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I mean, while Jesus is standing before Pontius Pilate on Good Friday, right, his, his life, his earthly existence hangs in the balance. What does he say to Pilate? He says, I came forth to bear witness to the truth, and those who are of the truth hear my voice. 
So, do we hear his voice? It's a good question, isn't it? Do we hear his voice? Or when Jesus says to his opponents in today's gospel lesson in, Luke, in John 8, 55, but you have not known him, I know him. And if I said I did not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and I keep his word. Is Jesus, when he calls, when he says, I, I, I would be a liar like you, is he talking to us? Are we liars? So the question is, what is the test of whether or not we know God? Whether or not we're a liar? Well, the answer is simple. Do you keep his word? It's easy. Do you keep his word? Do we keep his word? It's very easy. Discover this answer of whether or not we keep his word Christ has established the institution of the keys, what we call confession and absolution, right? The institution of the keys. And how do we, how do we interact with this institution? Well, before God, we should plead guilty to all sins, even those that we do not remember, right? As we do in the Lord's Prayer. But before the pastor, Luther writes, which he means the church, we should confess those sins only which we know and feel in our hearts. Which we know and feel in our hearts. Right? What sins do you know and feel in your heart? I'm sure there are some. Aren't there? And which are these? Luther asked the question rhetorically. Well, here consider your station according to the Ten Commandments, whether you are a father or a mother, son or daughter, whether you're a boss or an employee, whether you've been disobedient, whether you've been unfaithful, lazy, whether you have, been, you have grieved anyone by your words or your deeds, whether you have stolen, neglected, or wasted aught, or done other injury. And I think, you know, if we, we go through that idea and examine ourselves honestly, right, as God would want us to do because he's all about the truth, we would find that there are things there that we need to get off our chest and resolve with God. Because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, as the Lord points out to us through Romans. So we all need, we all need to flee to the calming security of Jesus's forgiving absolution. We do. Because when Jesus said to his opponents, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded and came forth from God. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? I do not understand. It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. Your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. It has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. 
we hear that, we know he's talking about us, don't we? Let's just all be honest with ourselves. We don't have to lie to each other here. Because how often could we have applied these words to ourselves? And yet, we really don't want to hear that, do we? We don't. That's why we don't like coming to church sometimes. That's why maybe this morning you struggled with coming. That's why some of the pews around you are empty with people who could be here. There's nothing physically preventing them. They're not here, though, some of them, probably. I don't know for certain, but I would be willing to guess that some of us are not here this morning because we don't want to hear the truth, because it will hurt, because God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword, and it divides the bone from the marrow, and it reveals the hidden intentions of the heart. And we don't like that to be done to us, do we? We don't like the carefully engineered camouflage that we've wrapped around the sin which we love. We love that sin to be revealed because then we'll have to confess it and then we'll have to leave it behind and we don't want to do that, do we? Of course we don't. That's the problem. That's that's the real reason why people skip church, isn't it? Because it's at church that the gospel is declared and the law is declared and we don't want to undergo that examination. Even though the only person who knows your heart is God. And that's, a tr- that's trouble, isn't it? That's a trouble because without the faith which comes from hearing God's word, we'll never, we'll never find forgiveness. We'll never have God's salvation find us. And the reason why I say that is because it is a verity that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, nor come to him. The Holy Ghost has to call me through the gospel and has to enlighten me with his gifts and sanctify and keep me in the one true faith. Even as he calls and gathers and sanctifies and enlightens the whole Christian church on earth. But if I don't hear the word, What then? But you're here. You are here. And that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. The fact that you're here desiring God's uncut, undiluted truth, despite all the devil's exaggerations and all his lies that just permeate this fallen, sin-filled world, despite all that, you're here. You're here and you want the truth. That's why you're here, isn't it? And that's a good thing. That that means that already the Holy Spirit has implanted his word and his faith in your hearts through that word. And he has drawn you here to himself to hear his word and receive his sacraments. That's why you're here. You're here because already the Holy Spirit through through God's word and his sacraments has already given you faith. You're here because you have a desire to abide in Jesus' words, to truly be his disciples, and to know the truth that makes you free. To paraphrase John 8, 31 and 32. Yes, desiring God's truth is proof that you already are part of Christ's kingdom. And you already know his forgiveness. It's proof of that. Because as Jesus makes very clear in today's gospel in John 8, 47, he who is of God hears the words of God. 
right? You have heard the word of God, and that's why you're here. That's why you're here. St. John reiterates this same idea in his first epistle when he wrote, We are of God. Whoever knows God listens to us, and he who is not of God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Yes, God created his holy church on earth so that we would know the spirit of truth and not follow the spirit of error. And he gives us this this, this certainty through his gifts, the gift of preaching and the, gift in, the gifts of his sacraments. For this reason, he calls us to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The, and, and to keep something holy means that you, you treat it like you don't treat any other day, right? Every other day we go and work and we do what we have to do and we live, we live the life that we have to, lie, to, to live in pursuit of daily bread, right? But today is the day we don't do that. Today is the day we fear and love God that we may not, may not despise preaching in his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Which means that today we make the sacred things of God take the precedence. And we come here and we hear his word and we receive his sacraments. And what does God's word tell us? God's word tells us to go and make disciples of all the nations, all the ethnoi, ethnoi, the ethnicities, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, so baptism, and to teach them everything I have commanded you. So here, here we see the gospel, the preachment of the gospel and baptism. And then the other thing Christ has commanded us, which is alluded to in and Jesus' words in the end of Matthew is that we are to take and eat, take and drink Christ's true body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Through these three institutions, the preachment of the word, which is the church, ultimately, baptism and holy communion, the church's sacraments, Jesus Christ comes to us in his love so that we hear him and see him and taste the loving, forgiving reality of everlasting life and know that we belong to God. In the name of Jesus, amen.
good um, welcome this morning. Um, we have a couple prayer requests, um, actually three. One is for Vicki Allen. That's the Vicki Allen. That is the sister of Jeff Williams. She is going to undergo surgery Tuesday for an aneurysm of the aorta. So we pray for Vicki as she'll undergo surgery. Also, uh, Stephen Ulrich asked us that we pray for uh, Elizabeth's brother-in-law and, and their family. Uh, Paul and Julie Kelly and their children, they were in a uh, pretty severe car wreck up, up in North Alabama. Uh, everyone seems to be fine, but their daughter has been taken for, for observation uh, because she had had a previous head injury, and they just want to make sure she's okay. So we just pray that that'll, that'll turn out to be true. It looks like it's going to be, but we'll, just, we'll keep her in our prayers. And then also, I was gone last Sunday. My, my uncle, uh, Godfrey, my godfather, I uh, had two heart attacks in eight days, and uh, they had found him in a pool of his own blood after the first one. They gave him six units of blood initially, and uh, he was on a vent for almost three weeks. Uh, had a second heart attack when they took him off the vent the first time, trying to take put him into rehab. Had a second heart attack, another unit of blood. And uh, I, I went to Texas give, to give him the commendation of the dying, uh, last rites, and um, thought he was going to die, thought I was going to do his funeral. Turns out that he has made a miraculous recovery and is now in rehab, so we'll see. Um, but just keep him in your prayers. His name is uh, Godfrey John Parsons, so we just pray for him as well today. And then this week we have a few things coming up. Uh, Wednesday uh, at uh, 11.30 and says 7 p.m., there's the Stations of the Cross. So if you wonder what these, art, these pieces of artwork are on the walls, that's the Stations of the Cross, the gold ones. Uh, we'll be doing that um, both uh, on Wednesday, twice on Wednesday. If you're interested in participating in that, you're certainly welcome to come. Also, uh, Saturday the 27th is Easter yard cleanup at 8, 8 to noonish. Uh, it may rain, so uh, you know if it's not bad, please bring your uh, uh, you know bring your rain gear and your tools, and we'll we'll try to knock it out quickly. Um, we just uh, also uh, John said that he was having trouble finding. Uh, uh, pine straw. So if anybody has a pine straw source, uh, let John Ulrich know. He, he would be very happy to know about that. So the Lord be with you. Thank you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord for the peace that is from above and for the well-being of the churches of Christ and the godly unity of all Christendom. Let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for those who in faith, piety, and the fear of God offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. For Matthew and Eric, our shepherds and bishops in Christ, for all pastors and teachers and all people, let us pray to the Lord. For our United States and all of our people, for our president and Congress, our governor and legislature, our judges and magistrates and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm. Especially we pray this day for Bob and Jackie, Marga and Eddie, Norma and Kim, Suzette 